Welcome to the Fairly Fluent Podcast, the podcast for anyone moving to or living in France, where we talk about all things good, bad, et c'est pas possible when moving to this beautiful and sometimes complicated country. Coucou tout le monde, welcome back to the Fairly Fluent Podcast. Today we will be diving back into part two of our episode with Corinne. If you haven't heard part one, I highly encourage that you listen to that first. C'est parti! So after COVID and I guess post-grad at that point, what was it like finding your first like full-time job? So it was intimidating because the company that I was interning for, I really liked it, but they were going through some big changes and they had, you know, um, they had to lay off a bunch of people and they just really didn't have a budget. So they hired me for a few months on a short-term contract after my internship ended, just until the end of my student visa. So I knew that I needed to find a job ASAP so that I could get a new visa so that I wasn't illegal. And a lot of people struggle making that transition from a student visa to a work visa. Yes. So I actually um, got super lucky because... I think it's very important to say that in France, but just in general, connections are everything. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned in my what, however many years of life. I know it's not that much, but that's what I've learned, but that's what really counts. And so to backtrack a little bit, when I was looking for an internship in Paris, I had applied to over 100 internships and I was getting super worried. And it got to the point where I even posted my my cv so my resume on my facebook you know on my facebook that's how desperate i was but guess what that's what actually led to me getting hired in my first job i did not know that so don't poo poo it like i'm (laughs) telling you like that's the thing you have to you have to hustle you have to bring yourself down off a pedestal You have to do what you got to do to like make things happen. So what had happened when I was doing that, I posted my CV on my Facebook. A family friend reached out to me, said that they knew someone in France, their client. They had connected me. I had gotten offered that internship, but I had already in the end accepted the one that I had uh, done in the buying office. But I kept in touch with them. And basically, when I knew that I wasn't going to have a job long-term at this buying office, I reached out to them again. They're like, yeah, we'd love to hire you. And uh, I spoke with them, and I was able to get a, a talent passport visa, which is different than yours, because <laughs> mine is special because I actually have like a French degree and studied in France, so I was able... There are just some, like the level of requirements is lower yeah. than what yours was. So it was a little bit easier for me to get. I got my new visa, which is always a really terrible process in France. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wish that upon no one. And that's also a reason why I wanted to get French citizenship so that I didn't have to deal with any of that crap anymore. <laughs> yes, very true. But... Everybody has to go through it. So. Oh, I mean, even as a French person, like it, the French 
like bureaucracy doesn't go away. Yeah. At least I don't have to go and like deal with all the visa processes. <laughs> yeah, my um, residency card still has the address on it that I was living in three years ago. Things two take, years ago. Things take forever here. <laughs> I know. So you were working at the luxury jewelry company mm-hmm. for how long when you got that next job? So I, it was two years total, and that's when I transitioned into the job that I am in today. I'm a consultant, um, and so I work with different actors in the luxury and fashion industry, um, and that's on the side of retailers, that's on the side of brands, so, and people always ask me what I do, and it's really hard to give a straight answer because at the company, we do a lot of different things. We do wholesale development, we do strategy, we do communication sometimes, uh, we do buying office duties. So I get to learn and do a lot of amazing things with a lot of amazing companies and people and I'm inspired all the time, even when fashion week is around and I have no sleep <laughs> and it's in full swing and oh. we don't hear from you for oh yeah and I'm, I'm like hey guys I'm like I'm alive kind of please I'm so yeah exactly <laughs> like I'll see you in three weeks yeah. <laughs> that's really good and before you transition to your current company you spent a little time off of work yes and I think it's important for expats especially to understand the implications on their visas when they choose to leave a job, spend some time off, whether that's through unemployment or what in France we call arrêt maladie, and then looking for a new job again. Yes. So what was that like for you when you had to make that decision? And what are the things that you had to consider because of your visa status in making that decision? It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever been through. And in the end, it was the best decision that I could have made. And I didn't make that decision lightly. I, I just want to say that you, Sarah Dancy, are one of the people that was like really, uh, you know, pushing for me to to uh, take advantage of this opportunity that the French government uh, puts in place to really, you know, help people. Arrête maladie, going, you know, taking a break legally from work because of um, uh, health reasons. Mm-hmm. You were there. A few of my other like closest friends. And if you guys really hadn't said, no, like, you need to do this, then I probably wouldn't have. And I don't know what what would have happened. But uh, it was a very hard decision because I'm someone who is very persistent, who is very strong-willed. And, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of keep my, keep going, keep doing everything. Things would change when they can, but, you know, I'm not going to be weak Entre guillemets, like, yeah. I, I'm doing entre air quotes. Entre guillemets means, like, yeah. entre parenthèses, oh well, I guess that's also French. Yeah. Like, air quotes. Air quotes, <laughs> exactly, much. air quotes. Like, I didn't want to be weak in air quotes, even mm-hmm. though it's not weak at all. I think it's one of the strongest decisions that I've ever made. But, uh, no, it was really hard because I was on this talent passport visa, and it was a four-year visa, or maybe five years? I don't remember exactly. But I didn't, like, that didn't mean anything. But I was only, I was less than two years into it. So if I had changed jobs, I would have had to, you know, inform the government and tell them about this change. 
but also I was waiting for my paperwork uh, to come back and the whole process to move forward with my French citizenship. So if I had quit my job or if I had, you know, gone through these changes, I would have had to inform the French government the, the part that was um, treating my French nationality request and then possibly not gotten French nationality. So it, it was, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place because I was like, okay, I want to change jobs, um, but I have to do this very, very strategically. strategically. Yeah. And uh, I went through some hard months for sure, but I had a lot of support from my family and friends. And in the end, it, it actually worked out perfectly. I got... Uh, so basically I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this job once I get a job offer or I get my French citizenship and I got the job offer and I got my French citizenship like hand in hand. It all happened at once. And it was like just a sign. It was like this huge sigh of relief, this new page turning and voila. And voila. So for someone who goes to university in France mm -hmm. and has that diploma, yes. how long do they then have to work in France in order to qualify to apply for their citizenship? So um, at least right now and what I, uh, what I did when I was going through this pro process, it might change and it might have changed already. But so basically... Because I had a, I had studied in France for a total of two years. It's a minimum of two years requirement for what I did. Um, and it needs to be the level of a master's degree. So if you have this two years of studying in France from a French like university that is um, recognized by the state and a degree, a master's level degree, you can actually ask for French citizenship after two years of, you know, paying taxes and living as a resident in France. That's so great. It is so great. I'm so jealous. And I didn't know that, like, when I had decided, you know, to do this double degree. But honestly, I hated my double degree studies. Like, being, I, I as I hated the French uh, high school system, I hated the French university <laughs> as well. But if I hadn't done that, like, I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't be here today. Because I wouldn't have gotten a job and I wouldn't have gotten my citizenship. But anyways, so two years. And then after that, like, those are kind of the things that you need on paper. But on top of that, they have other requirements that are unwritten or are just known. You need to be in a long-term contract in a job. Uh, you need to have paid taxes. You need to have a level of French. All of these different things. And I, you know, check, 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 somehow had all of these things working in my favor. And I didn't ask right at the two-year uh, mark. I asked at the three-year mark when I was like, you know, I think that this is a great opportunity for me. I don't know if I want to live in France forever. I can see myself living in France forever. But I also want to have the liberty to go back to the U.S. if I want. And then come back to France if I want, you know, yeah. I, I want to be able to have all of these options and not have to go through any visa processes. Mm -hmm. And so I applied at the three year mark, 
Um, and and you did all your paperwork and you studied for the history tests that they give you oh, in yes. person. <laughs> I made flashcards and everything because they they invite you to come um, and have an interview with someone at the prefecture de police at the police station that treats um, all of the requests for visas and for citizenship. And they ask you a million questions about different laws about the French, uh, the, the history of France, all of this stuff. Like they asked me name three different rivers in France. And so I had to study all of this for a few weeks before I got my flashcards out. And basically they just want to know if you're invested in France. They also ask you questions like, Oh, do you have friends in France? Or like, they want to see that you're actually like positively, positively, contributing to the French society. And I was like, yeah, I sing in a jazz band here. Yes, I'm involved in the Rotary Club. And um, I got a few questions wrong when they asked about history. They asked me like, what does, what was this date? And I was like, I don't know which law was passed that date. Or I would say something and she was like, no, it was this. <laughs> but overall, I knew that the the interview went well, even if I got a few questions wrong. And waiting afterwards, months later, I saw my name posted in this huge journal of names of all of the people who were uh, naturalized. And that's how I found out uh, that I was French. Yeah, that's so great. I remember that day. <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned the thing about being in a jazz band and how I like <laughs> to see that you are building a life here because we've talked so much about how it's so difficult to get your visa and find a job and get settled and it's almost like you go through different levels of feeling settled yes and so like once you are kind of like okay I have my job I'm good there you then see that now you have all of this mental and emotional capacity to like you know make friends yes (laughs) and like maybe exercise and maybe find some hobbies that you didn't even like fathom was possible before because there are stages when you're just in survival mode yes so what was that like for you when when you started to feel settled like making friends and deciding to join a jazz band and really making sure that you are building all the aspects of your life yeah so because um I had already had like I had already built some things before with my exchange, you know, I had some, uh, I still very close with my host family and different friends. Um, but coming back to France, I wasn't in the Paris region and that was hard. You know, I, I, I didn't really establish myself too well as when I was a student here because I knew it was temporary and I wanted to focus on my studies and focus on my future afterwards. But then when I moved back to Paris, everything felt right. You know, reconnecting with people, finding fun things to do, exploring Paris. There's so many amazing things to explore here. So going to museums and all of that. But then COVID hit. And basically, like, it took a really long time for me to get back into actually having a life. Because it was very, very strict here. Like, most Americans don't know how strict it was here in Paris. And it really took a toll on, you know, me and everyone here because we couldn't do anything. Even when the strict lockdowns were, you know, 
uh, were no longer in place, we still had curfews. Like everything would close at 6 p.m. But if you're working until 6 p.m., like what do you do? You go home and you watch Netflix and you you have no life. Yeah. So I had to push myself after that. It was pretty hard, but I'm so happy that I did it. You know, re-meeting friends, uh, meeting new people. And then my life in the U.S. had always, uh, there was always some sort of music, you know. And when I had moved back to France as a student, I had completely lost touch with that. And I really missed it. So I found some like random website here in France, like a Craigslist for music, (laughs) you know, a little sketchy. I wrote a little bio like, hi, I'm Corinne. I did a lot of musical theater growing up and singing jazz. I'm looking for a band, blah, 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 blah. And I got a bunch of like responses. Some of them were like, oh, we're in like a French band. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> I'm not interested in singing French music. Like, no, no offense. Um, some French music is good, but eh, not my vibes. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, this big band, this like group of 20 uh, musicians reached out to me and said that they were looking for a new singer. So I auditioned and I got it. And now I've been with them for maybe two years now. And uh, I also sing with a blues band now called Eclectify. So my blues band is Eclectify and my jazz big band is called Jazzy C. And uh, no, it's great because I missed that part of my life so much. It was something that I had in the U.S., and I needed to find that outlet again in France to push me to to be creative, to do something that I love. Uh, and it was absolutely like available to me. It just took, you know, a little more looking than, you know, what it might have taken if I were in the U.S. Yeah. And it's a great excuse for us to fangirl over you. <laughs> you guys have sat through so many things and I'm just like, oh... Thank God. <laughs> Thank we God. have traveled to the suburbs. To yes. See you <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed you have. You guys are you guys are the real ones. Uh but yeah, so it, it, it and I'm still, you know, finding a good work-life balance or sometimes on the weekends I'm like, you know, I should have gone to this museum and there's so many things to do. But at the same time, you know, you have to find balance and everything because that's it's life. It's not like I'm just here and need to go and do 10 million things in Paris every day and every week because, you know, I have to take advantage. At the same time, like, this is my adult life. Mm -hmm. Like, people ask me all the time, you know, oh, do you like the U.S. better than France? Or are you coming back to the U.S.? All of these things. And I'm like, listen, I've established my whole adult life here in Paris. The most, like roots that I have, my whole family is back in the U.S. A lot of my friends are back in the U.S., but they're pretty scattered, you know? Paris is like the epicenter of my life. Mm -hmm. The majority of my friends are here. The majority of the things I'm involved with are here. I've lived the majority of my adult life here. This is my home, you know? So, and I had that realization maybe like a year ago, really, when I was feeling like, happy about my career and happy about like the friends that I have and the things that I'm doing it's like wow you know all of the crap that I had to do at the at the prefecture for my visa or all of the crap that I had to deal with at the French high school or 
this and that, it paid off because this is my home. Exactly. This is my home. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great. And it's so fun because sometimes you just decide like, oh, like this is my adult life. Like I'm not traveling every single weekend. I'm not, you know, going to a museum every single weekend, but I love living in Paris yes. on a daily basis. Yes. And there's something so magical and so fun about it that mm-hmm. I just feel like I feel so important when I'm walking down the street and I'm <laughs> like know. seeing the beautiful architecture. And I think it's great that you found your jazz band that way because something that we sometimes forget to share is sometimes you have to get creative on how to make friends. Like yes. I knew that you were in Paris when I first got here, but the extent of what we knew about each other was like through social media and we saw each other very briefly in 2018 in France. Yes. And then like very briefly in 2019 when I slept on the floor of your apartment <laughs> um, because I was here for the summer and I just needed a free place to stay for yes. a couple nights. <laughs> and when I say I slept on the floor, like, no, not even on an air mattress. Yes. No, not even with a pillow. Can I say that it wasn't my apartment? I was be- I was a TA at the time, a teaching assistant for, my- for Northeastern University for a fashion program. And so I had this tiny little apartment with like nothing and I felt so bad because because Sarah Dancy asked to stay with me and she's like I can sleep on the floor and I didn't have anything I was in this it wasn't my apartment it was my one month apartment that I hadn't chosen so you just full-on slept on the cold hard floor I'm sorry we do what we have to do to be here started from the bottom now now we're here. here yeah well, we are on the sixth floor without an elevator oh, currently, yeah. so... So, yeah, but that's so typical. I also live on the fifth... Well, sixth floor in terms of... English. English standards, or American standards. Fifth floor on French standards. Yeah. And if you don't know that, learn learn the differences between floors between, like, English and in Europe or France. Especially if you're planning on renting an Airbnb for the Olympics, you need <laughs> yes. to know what floor you're actually going to. Oh, yes. Oh, when yes. we're speaking English to each other, we have to be like, is that the fifth floor in English or in French? I know, exactly. Because in France, like, the ground floor is floor zero, whereas in the U.S., it'd be floor one. It's important to know. <laughs> yes, definitely important to know. And we met some of our other friends because of different group chats, and Mm -hmm. I've met people that have also met people, A, through social media, B, through, like, chat pages on Facebook. Everyone gets very creative in how they make friends. Mm -hmm. I went to a dinner one night because of an expat for women group chat that I was in, Mm -hmm. and there were, like, five or six girls there, and there was this one British girl... And we sat down, and the guy came to take our order, and I was like, I'm going to have some sangria. And she was like, I'm going to have some sangria. She was like, do you want to just get a picture? And I was like, I like you. Laura! And now she's our very best friend, and she hates when I do a British accent. She will be on here next. I am so excited just to continue to be doing this and to interview everybody and to talk about all the different ways that we make it work, and all the different things that we go through while we're figuring it out. Oh yeah, there are a lot of things that you go through. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of perseverance, but it's so worth it. And what would the little piece of advice that you could give to any Americans or any expats wanting to break into the fashion industry in France? What is one of the things that they could start with? One of the things that they can start with is just like taking your, you have to take your ego out and you have to really network, network, network. 
Um, I, I think that you, you have to really nourish the friendships and relationships that you have. Don't be afraid of reaching out and asking to maybe work for free on something or, you know, you, you have to make sure that your ego is low. You have to network and just try to put yourself out there as much as you can. And most importantly, be nice. The world is so small. Everyone knows each other in the fashion industry. If you are a nice, kind, genuine person, it will speak volumes. Brilliant. I think that's a great thing to end on. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Merci beaucoup. Ça va yes. danser. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao.